Oftentimes, when a candidate calls it quits, it's because the money dries up. That does not appear to be the case for Nikki Haley. One example, sources tell me and my colleague Kylie Atwood that a planned New York fundraising event this coming Tuesday is still on, and some of America's wealthiest Wall Street titans are hosting, including billionaires like Ken Langone, Leonard Stern, and Henry Kravis. With the money still coming into her campaign coffers, Haley made clear this morning that she's not letting up on her attacks on Donald Trump. She throws an absolute temper tantrum talking about revenge. He's going to ban anyone from MAGA that donates to me. Think about that. That's a president who's supposed to serve every person in America. Are, are I mean, you he's sure totally he unhinged. I'm joined now by my great panel of political reporters to discuss all of this, CNN's Casey Hunt and Daniel Strauss, also of CNN and Semaphore's David Weigel. Thank you so much. Nice to see you all. Happy Friday, as I like to say on, sun, on weekends where I'm working, to those who celebrate. <laughs> um, so I, I mentioned this reporting about this fundraiser that everybody has kind of been looking at. Is it on? Is it off? We understand that it's on. And it's not just that. It's uh, that's Tuesday. Then she's going to Miami and Palm Beach and San Francisco. And there's a long list that I have here of fundraisers, which is a big deal because for the most part, when uh, people who have the money don't feel like they want to waste it on somebody who is not going to win. And she certainly doesn't have the delegates. It's still a big question mark what happens in South Carolina, but she's going to be able to keep pushing. She is. And, you know, that's the big difference between her and Ron DeSantis, exactly. uh, whose money ran out immediately because he was, let's be real, running as Donald Trump light, Donald Trump without the person. It's a little hard to describe, which is part of why probably he's out of the race. But for Nikki Haley, it's a completely different uh, calculation at this point. And I think it really speaks to the fact that there is, and, you know, you saw it in, in her vote share in New Hampshire, uh, there are independents, there are this, this sort of traditional business-oriented wing of the Republican Party. They don't have any place to go, and they've, they've, they've signed up with Nikki Haley. And they apparently liked, thought that her showing was strong enough in New Hampshire. Yeah, and, and I should say, as, as you come in, Daniel, not everybody is sticking with her. Andy Sabin, uh, this is great reporting from our colleague, Eva McKend, he is, was another donor. The campaign wants to script me and tell me what I should say. They want to make money. They want to keep this going. Rather than tell Nikki what she should hear, they tell her what she wants to hear. Yeah, man, you got to love a talkative donor, right? Uh, but, like, we need to remember, since Haley, the beginning of this race for Haley, the entire theme of her campaign has been about momentum. It has been about starting small and then growing from there. She's celebrated wins because she's overperformed. And now the question is, is there, are there signs that that momentum still exists? Is there still signs of growth? And that is what we're seeing with these donors right now, that she needs to show strong fundraising numbers, that there is really strong blood in the body of her campaign to go on and to go to South Carolina over this next month. And if there isn't that vitality in there, that's, that's going to make it much harder for Haley going forward. She has become increasingly uh, sharp in her attacks on Donald Trump. There are a lot of people who are mostly never Trumpers who say, where was this at the beginning? Could she have gone farther? We'll, we'll never know the answer to that. Uh, Sarah Longwell, who is one of those never, never Trumpers, here's what her suggestion was for Nikki Haley. It is time for her to go the full Liz Cheney, right? She is, there is no path for her. There is no math for her. Nikki Haley has a chance to go down swinging and to be a legend and, and burn the boats.
not going to happen. She's not going to go the full Liz Cheney. No, what are her options? One is that Donald Trump loses in, in 2024, and she looks like the person who was right all along. I was, I was the Cassandra who happened to be correct, that he could not win this election. The other is that, and we, this is the last panel kind of, kind of about this, something happens to Trump, TBD, and he's not the nominee, and she is in second place. Those are her, those are her options. What she's doing right now, kicking off what, what, what Dan, Dan was saying, uh, When's the last time you saw somebody have a New York fundraiser and brand that as anti-establishment? She is, she is right now do, running a very smart campaign. Donald Trump has helped her, I think, with this heavy-handed move by the RNC that lasted maybe a couple hours by letting her position herself as a rebel inside the party who doesn't want the big boys, the fellas, to pick the nominee. I think that is a message that is great for those two scenarios I talked about. I stood up when no one else would, and I was right about this guy. Yeah, such a great point. You had great reporting on that, that short-lived RNC move, which we'll get to in a second. There was a great moment that you had on your show with Caton Dawson, who is a very well-known veteran Republican in uh, the sweet state of South Carolina, <laughs> as uh, Nikki Haley would say, about the, the, the vigor with which Donald Trump and people around him, but mostly him personally, are going after uh, Nikki Haley, especially and even about what she was wearing. Let's listen. Underestimating the ability to to, for Trump to polarize as many women in South Carolina as he can with his with his seedy little comments about what Nikki had on. Caton <laughs> uh, Dawson has seen it all in South Carolina. Um, and, you know, one of the things he said in that interview, too, was that he underestimated Nikki Haley when she first uh, came out in South Carolina. I mean, nobody thought she could win. Uh, and she figured it out. She brought in Sarah Palin. Uh, she did it over the boys, which is very, I mean, if there was ever a boys club, it is in the South Carolina Republican Party, mm -hmm. right? Um, and she won that governor's race. And uh, Caton uh, was a, a pretty strong surrogate for her. Um, and, you know, I, I do think gets at um, if she is going to have a path of some sort in South Carolina, he really does kind of have his finger on it. I was talking to Mark Sanford, the former governor today as well, and he said he thinks she's got a ceiling of about 40 percent in South Carolina. I will say if she were to hit 40 percent in South Carolina, I think we'd all be having a, a much different conversation yep. um, the next morning uh, than, uh, if, uh, th than we were after the New Hampshire primary. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, when you look at, at her, you know, I'm honestly interested in what you think, Dana, too. I mean, the, the, the skills that she has shown in the last 48 hours, uh, or how many hours? I've lost track of all the hours in this week. Yes, you know why? Because there's been many hours. <laughs> but since Tuesday, <laughs> since Tuesday night, I mean, she really has been sharp and pointed um, and, and yep. has shown she hasn't backed down. I mean, totally unhinged. That's the strongest thing Definitely. I've ever heard her say about Donald and, Trump. And, and, and what Donald Trump and his uh, allies are doing in many respects are making it easier for her to do that. Not just yes. the dress comment and everything else he said on election night, but what you were reporting about, which is uh, this move to have a motion inside the RNC to just declare Donald Trump the nominee, and suddenly they realized that there was backlash, and which Donald Trump by our, from our reporting, Kristen Holmes and other was he was totally behind the move at the beginning, and then Initially. there was backlash, a backlash, and he said, "Oh, never mind." Yeah, and this is uh, this shows that there is a level of caution for the Trump campaign right now. They want to make the case that they are winning this campaign organically, that it is not rigged, that he's the one that is interested in fair elections, and that he can beat Haley fair and square. And uh, this push to make him the presumptive nominee to move the RNC and its infrastructure to regard him as their candidate really, really did not fall in line with that argument and that um, 
claim right now. And it shows also that like for as long as Haley is in this race, Trump has to uh, compete with her. He cannot ignore yeah. her at any point in time. Dave, put a button on this. Yes, I, I think that's what happened in New Hampshire shows that how, how, how low that ceiling is in South Carolina, as Casey was saying. Uh, that was ideal conditions for, for Haley. We all talked about it. She ended up with about 24 or 26% of the Republican vote. South Carolina primaries, historically, Republicans make about two, uh, three quarters of that vote. Mm -hmm. So what did she do to change that conversation? I think this is, this is about it, is, is raising questions about Trump's acuity, something that is being done by Democrats with less effectiveness, and just saying it every week. The only trap she has is next week, Democrats vote. That's going to take some people off the board in South Carolina who can't vote yeah. in that primary. So we don't know how effective this can be for another, let's count the hours, yeah. <laughs> we count the days, another eight days. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. We are going to be watching to see how many mm -hmm. Democrats vote in that primary.